Right. If you don't know who I am, don't know where the fuck you've been. This is Andrew Tate, four-time kickboxing world champion, the world's sexiest man, confirmed, all-around nice guy, millionaire, etc. Now, people often ask me to do a podcast, and I'm far too lazy. But that is coupled with people asking me loads of questions about my brother. So I decided I'm going to do a podcast episode and interview my own brother, Tristan the Talisman Tate. How original. Exactly. Super original. Never done before. That's what I do. I smash barriers. I'm a G. So I have a list of questions here. I'm currently in one of my least favorite cities in the world, London. My brother is somewhere else, which is very unusual for us. So we're going to do an interview. So introduce yourself. Tristan Tate, the better looking half of the Tate brothers. Uh, I've known you my whole life. Surprise, surprise. Uh, I'm basically your teammate and sidekick in every single way. Every job you do, half the business is mine. Our house is half mine. Our cars are half mine. We've worked as a team ever since we were teenagers, I guess, and we stopped punching each other in the face. And uh, we've come really far together, I guess, which is why people are so interested in our relationship. So, uh, yeah, I'm happy. I don't know what questions they've been asking you, but I'm happy to divulge any information. So what would you say to brothers who don't get along like we do? Why do you think we get along and other brothers don't get along as well as you and I? (laughs) I I think that you and I both have very unique personalities. And it's not – I wouldn't give credit fully to us, to me and you – me and you are clones of, of dad. We, we've inherited uh, a mindset which is from a very unique individual. And I think me and you both find it hard to uh, make friends with people who don't share our mindset and hard to find people who share our mindset in general. I think that brothers who don't work well together um, really need to reevaluate their life choices. Because you have to understand, even if you don't like your brother very much, who else but your brother are you going to trust around your women, around your money, driving your cars, etc.? When I bought my first Range Rover, you crashed it. And what was the first thing I asked you on the phone? So that you didn't care about the car. You asked if I was all right. That was it. I asked if you were okay. Exactly. So brothers have the brothers who are at each other's throats all the time and can't work well together. That's fine, but you're not going to get as far in life, and you're never going to find someone you could trust as much. As your brother, so I would reconsider your position. But what if you have a little scumbag brother who like steals your money and doesn't listen and that shit? Then what are you gonna do? What if you have a little douchebag, a liberal? Then oh, Jesus, I don't know. Well, I think it's the older brother's job, I guess, to try influence the, the younger brother as much as he can. But I mean, we left, uh, we separated, living with dad full time. You were about ten, I was about eight, and uh, I wouldn't say I was off the rails at all. But uh, I certainly, you did certainly have to teach me a lot of life lessons uh, at age 13, 14, 16, 18, even as old as maybe 21, 22, until I, I could say I was my own man. There were a lot of lessons I looked to you for. And that's not to say that you know I'm necessarily the, the student and you're the teacher, but you are the older one. Uh, you lived these things about two years before I did. You had your first girlfriend two years before I did. You got your driving license two years before I did. So a lot of lessons in life, you had to teach me and, and, and guide me. So if your brother's a little dickhead and he's so different from you and he's not the way that you want him to be as a little brother, uh, certainly, I mean, you failed, I guess, in your role as an older brother. But yeah, you'd whoop his ass. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. You'd whoop exactly. his ass. 
My yeah. little brother doesn't listen to me. Well, fucking why? Who's protecting his bullshit ideas? You need to go in there and kick his ass. And if your parents are sticking up for him being a little bitch, you need to sit down and talk to your parents too. I completely agree. What's going wrong with people? Like, oh, my little brother is a little retard. Give him an elbow on the top of his fucking head. Correct him. And if you're... Him. And if it's your older brother who's a dickhead and you're actually smart and on the right path and the kind of person who listens to this podcast, but it's your older brother, you know, it's still your job. Brothers are brothers. I look out for you. You look out for me. That's the way we've always been. Um, you know, if you've got a best friend and you're saying shit like, oh, we're like brothers, me and him are like brothers, you're not. You have to, you have, to have a brother to benchmark it by. And if you did, you wouldn't be saying that shit. I agree completely. People are like, oh, yeah, me and my friends are like, no, you're all fucking liars. So who do you think most people rely on then? They rely on their friends and their girlfriend. Why do you think that's a bad idea? Because everyone, we're all social animals. Everyone needs someone. So when shit hits the fan or they really need help, they call up their wife or they call up their friend or some shit. Why do you think that's not as good as me calling you to kick a hoe out the house or whatever I need you to do? Well, I think that's the problem. A lot of people, they seek companionship. Now, me and you are never bored, apart from like right now when we're not together. I mean, this is the highlight of my day. I'm drinking fucking gin and tonics. Talking to you is the highlight of my day. I'm bored as fuck when you're not around. The companionship that we have, a lot of people seek. You know, if they want to go to the movies, they want to go on vacation. I always go everywhere with you. I don't like even like taking fucking girls anywhere. They're boring as fuck. They have nothing interesting to say over dinner. On the holiday, they just moan and want to lay in the sun. The search for companionship is you can't get mad at people for it. And a lot of people, remember, don't have brothers. A lot of people don't have another option. But uh, I, would, I would certainly say that you need to pick your companions wisely. And, and almost nobody does because society lays out this plan for them on how to pick an, a, a companion. Meet a girl, have sex with her, and that's your companion. You need to buy a ring. You need to have a family and all that shit. And that's the worst way to find a real teammate. I mean, it's not like you're interviewed. It's not like it's a trial by combat, is it? It's literally she sucks on your dick and, and you you come and you think that's great and you, you suddenly think you found yourself a life partner. Well, these people are wrong and I've seen so many men make the same mistake. Yeah, I agree. So how do we handle... Well, I was going to elaborate on that. In general, I don't think females are good for, for helping you anyway. I don't think women... I can never think of a time I had a problem and I called a woman and told her my problem and the problem went away. I could literally never think of that. Besides literally, I've got a boner that needs fixing. <laughs> I was Besides say that one issue, I've never thought of a time I've called a girl and go, I've got this issue, I need money or fucking someone's out to kill me or I've been stabbed or whatever. And a girl said something that wasn't just garbage. Women don't, they can't help problems. The problem with having a wife as your partner and your teammate is, what the fuck can she do? Women are not combat ready. What can she do? Someone's, something's going down and you call your wife. She can't even drive there quickly without crashing the car. Like, what the fuck? She can't fight. They can't think for themselves. So what is a woman good for besides for you to sit there and lament and cry about your issues and you hope she's going to give you some sympathy? If you're a little bitch and you want sympathy, then yeah, call a girl. Oh, this is happening. Oh, poor you. But sympathy ain't fixing the problem. I don't want sympathy. I want solutions. But I'll say, I'll, I'll elaborate on that further. You're, you're painting this picture of just women. This is at least 50% of men as well. I don't have, in fact, no, no, no. I can think of people who I used to be, let's say, friends with when I was 14, 15, 16. The, 
video game playing, weed smoking guys, you know? And they're still, now I'm 30, 15 years later, they're still playing video games and smoking weed. They haven't moved on. But those are the kind of guys you can't count on either. Oh, I've got this problem. I've got that problem. They're going to sit on their couch. They're going to be like, oh, it's all right, man. Come over. Let's have a drink. That isn't a solution to a problem. You're right. And most men are exactly the fucking same. So you got to watch out for these people because they'll make you feel good. They'll make you feel good in the moment. Your girl will suck your dick. She'll give you a hug and you'll think, okay, everything's going to be okay. Why? Nothing's going to fucking be okay. She hasn't done shit. You get friends like that too. It's true. Most, a lot of men are like that and all women are like that. So that's, that's why we hate the world. When's the last time we argued? Jesus. Last time me and you probably had a serious argument is when I was 17 years old, I think. 17 years old. And this is one of the times where I can actually say your advice. I didn't fall off the rails. As you know, I was working night shift at Luton Airport. So Storm Gym, the place where me and Andrew learned to fight, the place where we honed our skills, runs from 7 o'clock, 8 o'clock p.m. for a couple hours. And that's when the training sessions were. So I was working night shift because I was making double the money. But I was starting work at 7, 8. And Andrew's saying, look, you got to get off night shifts. you got to, you remember, you got to get off night shifts. you got to get back on the day shift so you can come and train at Storm Gym. I was like, nah, man, I'm making twice as much money. Look, I'm making 400 pounds a week making fucking sandwiches. Yeah, I've done bullshit jobs too. And Andrew said, no, you don't understand the importance of this training, the importance of being combat ready. And we had a, a, an argument. It was a, maybe two or three weeks we had this severe disagreement, and I ended up turning off the night shifts and making less money going back on day shifts so I could then pay money to train. But as an older man, and this is an example of an older brother stepping in and guiding the younger brother. As an older man, I understand the value of this is worth more than any money I could have made. What would you have done with an extra 200 quid a week at fucking 17? Probably, probably went out and drank more. Exactly. Couple, coupled with not training is, is a recipe for disaster. It's a recipe for becoming the average man. And, uh, and that's, I, that's what I was saying to you. I was saying, we got to learn how to fight. We're going to be out here as a team knowing how to fight. You can't be fucking around with a couple hundred pounds. Fuck that. Yep. And you're right. I remember we had a huge argument. You were telling yep. me to fuck off. And yeah, because yeah. Yeah. I, I, mean, I like the money. I like the money. It was the same bullshit job. I doubled my wage. But you were 100% right. Because you have to understand, these people are going to the gym and training for vanity. Yeah, yeah, me and you look all right. But these p- people will often do things to their bodies to look good that make them 0% more combat effective. Now, martial arts training and the way I see martial arts training and and fight training and me and you in this gym in my house now doing pads every morning with no upcoming fights or prospects of them is not just for myself, not just to look better in myself and feel better in myself, which is a part of it, but also I have a duty. I have a responsibility to the people who I'm around the world isn't all sunshine and rainbows, as, as, as Rocky once quoted. And, you know, that once in a while, me and you, once a year, once every year and a half, we'll be in a situation where I have never rattled. I have never turned and fled on you. I've always towed the line and rolled with the punches every single time. It's my duty to you as my brother, because who else are you going to walk beside? You want to walk beside some fat loser brother with a little bit of extra money who can't throw a punch? Well, that's well and good when the drinks are coming in every weekend, but... That one situation, it's, it's the difference between life and, life and death. It really is. The places we go, the things we've been through, it really fucking is. So you were 100% right. I now concede this is 13 years later. You were completely right. And that is the last argument me and you have ever had, the last serious argument. Yeah, it's true. It's official. But yeah, and people, but people have no duty to themselves. The reason they don't feel that duty to the people around them 
because they have no duty to themselves. The reason I can command such respect from my females is because if shit goes down, I'm prepared to defend them. Yeah. Most men aren't prepared to defend them. If you come and try and damage my girl in front of me, even if there's three of you, someone's getting hit. I don't give a fuck. Yeah. So because I'm in that position, I also get to be the guy who says, coffee, dinner, and get my shit. It has to be reciprocated. But yeah. People don't want to put themselves in that position of authority because with authority comes responsibility. So they avoid the responsibilities, but then they get upset they don't have authority. I see all these little skinny dickheads on Twitter, little fucking dorks. Women should listen to men. Women should listen to men. Why the fuck would anyone listen to you? You can't even do 20 push-ups. Yeah. Fuck with, I, no one's going to listen to you. No chick's going to look at you and go, I need to worship this man. Is she fuck? And this is why all these fucking liberal dorks, all these little weak geek guys are saying, well, women should listen to men anyway. Well, they say that because no woman listens to them, so they want to feel better about the whole situation. Yeah, they want to poison the minds of women. Yeah, because they're, so they're idiots. And when people have no personal responsibility, so they don't have any responsibility to the people around them. I know being around me affords personal security. And in return, if you're a female, I want to see some titties. Yeah. That's a pretty fair trade. Now, and we have friends. I have to say, we have friends who aren't as highly trained as us. Uh, they don't take it perhaps as seriously as us. But we don't hang around on a serious note with any person who isn't ready to toe the line if punches start flying. You know, if I'm out with five dudes and I'm buying bottles in, in the club and I've invited people here to hang out with me and shit hits the fan, if they're not ready to throw a single punch, you can't hang out with that type of person. And I could be, keep in mind, I'm 107 kilograms. Everyone watching at home, I'm six foot four, 107 kilograms. I'm the guy that no one starts on unless we're outnumbered. Me and Andrew have never been in a fair fight. We are outnumbered every single time. Now, I could be... 120 kilograms, if I were the type of guy to take anabolic steroids and pump all these heavy weights and shit, I'm big enough. And believe me, you don't want me to hit you. For all those people who hate on Andrew out in the world, in fact, this is a warning. I am walking next to him, and you don't want me to hit you. 110 kilos is what? 250 pounds. I'm a quarter of an of, of a imperial ton, and I will knock you the fuck out. So yeah, you were right. I'm glad I've, I've been training ever since that short break, and I've, I've won a British titles since and, you know, become a, a, a well enough accomplished professional fighter, but also on the street, I'll fucking hurt someone. You have to. That's the rules of the street. Right. I got some question here. What if you both like the same girl? And that question, that question shows how people don't understand our yeah. relationship. Anyway. Then I'm gonna... As if a female could ever come along and for a little bit of pussy mean you were going to even 1% argue. Like, what well, the depends. Fuck is there to argue yeah. over? Well, here's the, here's the question: the t the person who asked that question, when he finds a girl he wants to fuck, he likes her. I really like you. I don't like any woman. I fuck plenty of women. I don't like them. Not really. Oh, I like them so much. Oh, my brother likes her too. Some female is so fucking smart and so beautiful and so mesmerizing that she has captured for the first time ever my admiration of her and my brother at the same time. One, impossible situation. Two, it just doesn't happen. The moment Andrew goes on a date with a girl, the moment he's texting a girl, if a girl hits me up on Instagram, I say, hey, look at this chick. Andrew's like, oh, I've been messaging her. Okay, delete. The, the interest level legitimately drops to zero. It's not, ah, he got there first. Oh, I'm so upset. If I'm There's like, oh, 3.6 billion chicks. Yeah. And you have one brother. 
And you're gonna fucking argue over a, a bimbo. What the fuck is wrong with people? That question even annoys me to even be asked. Yeah. yeah. It's like, what the fuck, people don't get it. Yeah. You do all the things you've just talked about being combat ready and shit. I'm gonna stop talking to you. I'm gonna start walking around with this bimbo. And I'm gonna get jumped. Yeah. And she's gonna do nothing but scream. Nothing. Ah! Now, there, nice. was the, there was the hypothetical situation that has never, ever happened, but let's just. Let's just continue down this path of, of crazy craziness. One of my main chicks, or one of your main chicks, we've been with each of them three, four, five years, depending on the girl. Cool. If one of Andrew's chicks or one of my chicks messaged the other brother in any way that seemed like an advance, uh, in fact, we haven't even rehearsed this. I'm going to do the conversation. Yo, Andrew, your main girl, that blonde one's been messaging me and she's made it very clear she wants to fuck. I'll dump her then. All right. I block her. He blocks her. She's gone. Ain't no one getting in between this. You're fucking out your mind. People don't get it. Just like. It's not even close. It's not even an option. Dumb question. Why do we share bank accounts? (laughs) Well, I mean, we share. All the money used to be in your bank account. You ran into some troubles. Now all the money's in my bank account. Why do we share bank accounts? We don't have to share bank accounts, but it just makes things easier. The way I run things, I'm not going to explain to anyone, besides maybe if the war room guys ask me a question, then I guess I'll explain it in further detail. But the things we own, we own together until the other one dies. So technically, the Lamborghinis in your name, technically, this house is in the name of a company that I own solo. Technically, like it doesn't matter. So why do we share bank? Because it doesn't matter. We both have cards to all the banks that we have. That's why. And, when, and there's no possibility ever that one of us is going to take the money and ignore the other brother. Like, it, it just wouldn't happen. Agreed. Right. Who has more girls? You're the handsome one. Yeah. Well, I, you know, I will actually say, in terms of quantity of women in, in your, let's say, current roster, Typically, the number, I will have a higher number, typically. However, we've, I've, we've actually had comments from people who come to visit us in Romania saying that they know professional athletes that don't have a roster of the size and, quant- and quality of yours. Yeah, There's been times you've had like seven famous Instagram models at a time, yeah. plus six or seven other, plus your girlfriends. Yeah. It's ridiculous. See, I think the main reason is this. One... You're a sniper. You like to focus on a target, and that woman will be more in love with you. Okay, I've got one or two main chicks who are super in love with me. But on average, you'll keep five girls who would take a bullet for you. I have my one or two that would do that, but I'm, I'm not a sniper. You see, I'm a fucking flamethrower. I, I, I want all of them. I'm a collector. It, it, it's, it, there's nothing else for me to do at this point in my life, me and you together have got to a point where we work 10 hours a week. That's it. And I have the money. I have the fucking influence. I have the, I have the charm to get as many women as I want. That's my hobby. That's what I like to do. So yeah, a lot of my girls are who I'm banging are random hoes, girls from the strip club. That's cool. But in terms of number, my roster is certainly bigger, but in terms of devotion, which is actually the real currency if you know anything about women, if you if you've watched the PhD course, the the devotion to a man, you've got more devoted, loyal girls. Yeah, I've got more girls who like cry their eyes out when I go on holiday. Well, I got hoes. Yeah, you got hoes. 
But it's true. When I say literally I'm going away for a week, they all start crying because the idea of me being away for a week damages their brains. Yeah. So Whereas I'm, I'm on I'm on vacation with one or two angry text messages finding new hoes. Whereas all of mine are just I can't live without you. It's hard being a take. It ain't easy. Right. Next. Who would win in a fight? Right. Nonsensical question. Because we'd never fight. If you were to bring it down to one person has to knock out the other person, we're so trusting of each other, anyone can win. I'd punch you in the back of the head, you'd punch me in the back of the head. Something nonsense. In a kickboxing fight, you kick my ass every time. In a kickboxing match, you win every time. You are the best kickboxer in the world. And when people say this to me, they say, oh, your brother would beat your kickboxing. You know what my replies? My brother would beat you at kickboxing. He's the world champion. If your brother was Muhammad Ali, would you be upset that he can outbox you? Or would you be like, yeah, my brother's the fucking man. And that's the guy I got by my side. So you are the better kickboxer. Absolutely. I'd say in a street fight, because it's unfair and I could get the slip on you, I've got two, two, two out of ten, two fights out of ten, I can, I can maybe hit you and get, get the better of you. Maybe. But you are a better fighter. Yeah, I'm heavier and bigger. It'd have to be some weird scenario, but you are the better fighter. But you are the best fighter in the world. I'll just say for the people at home that think I'm conceding to not being able to fight, I will whoop your fucking ass. Like this guy's the best in the world, quite literally. And he's my bodyguard. So if you start on me, he's going to beat you up too. So, so when did we first start living together? Tell some. Tell the story of when we first moved in. How broke we were. What job did we even have? We first moved into Fredericksgate. You were already living outside the house. You moved out before me. So people are wondering, uh, when, when did you first move in together? I can't even remember. Were you 17 or something? I remember, yeah. About 17. No, I just turned 18. I moved out of my mother's house because I couldn't stand living there. I was trying to get my dick sucked and shit. You can't be living with your mom. I lived, I lived in a big shared house. And all of my, my housemates were various students and people who worked at the airport with me. I worked a very low-level job. And I was paying like 200 pounds a week for rent. And uh, you had started making some money selling television advertising campaigns you were getting some relatively large commission checks i had some money saved up and we decided to rent an apartment together yeah but we picked the best apartment in luton which which for two people 18 and 19 was, was very expensive um we'd wasted all of our saved money on that one old porsche boxer that you had we were flat broke every month it was a struggle to pay the rent we had some fun though we had some parties. Yeah, we had the, yeah, we had the best apartment. We had the Porsche. We were cruising around the fucking clubs, picking up hoes. It's like party house. It's like fucking Jordy Shore yeah. shit going on. But we were flat broke. Yeah, I, but I saw some. I saw some bullshit on Facebook recently where someone was like, "Well, I was going to buy a car for two hundred grand some years ago, but my wife convinced me to buy an apartment block, and now it's worth six hundred fifty. I love her, and I start switching on these people. Like, money isn't the only." measurement of success and people think that me and you think money is the only measurement of success it is not how fun your life is is the measurement of success now that does not to say if you have fun playing video games and smoking weed you're still a douche but if for example i know girls females who are air stewardesses they fly to different countries all the time they hang out for three or four days they take their photos at the five-star hotels and blah, blah blah to me they're successful people they're they're living the the, the dream you know so 
we spunked all our money on this fucking apartment and this one car that we fucking used to drive around in. We had almost zero bank balances. Every time we did get money, we'd go out and get drunk and get pissed. But look at the memories we have now, 13 years later. I could own another apartment in Luton for instead of doing that, in lieu of doing that, and enslaving away at work and sleeping every night and jerking off. But that's not the way to live life. And the memories me and you have from that time are fucking amazing. It's true. The fat dream. Oh, don't remind me. Fat dream. That's, that's a story. For, story. That's a story for the war room. All right, the war room's gonna have a story about the fat dream, guys. In the war room, ask me the story of the fat dream, and I'm gonna I'm gonna send you a voice note detailing the story. But that, that's not for public consumption. That that's not civilian shit. You can tell the story of the watch. I think we bought the watch. Your watch. We bought that around the same time. Mm. So we were completely flat broke. People ask me, I'll start from the beginning. People ask me today why I wear a watch that's worth no more than maybe a grand if I tried to sell it secondhand. Brand new, you could buy something equivalent for about two and a half. It's a Versace watch, gold-plated. I don't have a Rolex. I don't have a Hublot. I don't actually own another watch. This watch doesn't even tell the time. It is broken. It has been 20 minutes past 11 for the last God knows how long. It's the middle of the afternoon here. I wear this watch because it is a reminder of the indomitable spirit of man. My brother went to Slovakia. Well, we were both in Slovakia, but I came home one day before because my holiday pay had run out and I had to go to work. So he calls me and said, something amazing's happened. I won some money in the casino. I'm like, really? How much? He said, 5,000 euros. I'm like, fucking good. We need to pay the rent. We got these payments to make on the car insurance and we need the money. Good. Take that 5,000 euro. Don't go back to the casino. He comes home. I said, where's the cash? He goes, I don't have any cash. I bought this watch. This watch cost what? Back then, this is what, 10, 11 years ago, probably 4,000 something euros. He, he'd spent it all on this fucking watch. And it wasn't an argument as such, but I, I was pissed. You know, I'm like, we need to pay the rent. We need to pay this. How can you just spend it all on a watch? What's that watch going to do for you? And you said to me, we'll, we'll make more money. Don't worry. We'll make more money. So we had our little argument, you know, and got on with life. And I completely forgot about that small falling out until it's about six years ago now or five, about six years ago. I was 24. You were 25. And we, we had indeed made more money. And we were walking through Westfield Shopping Center and you bought your Hublot watch. You saw it for sale. It was 12,900 British pounds. And you said, I like that watch. I said, OK, go get the watch. You walk to the shop, you use the card, you get the watch. And then you take this one off. And you give it to me and you said, Tristan, do you remember when I said we'd make more money? And I was like, you motherfucker. We did. I was right. Yeah. At the time, so, that was all our money. And then we were buying watches and it was fucking like yeah. thing. So, so this this is a reminder of Andrew's unshakable self-confidence in himself and a reminder to myself to remember that I am one of the Tate brothers. I get, I'm not the guy who's going to be crying about, oh, we can't pay our bills, this, that. No, no, no. I'll make more money. If there's something I want, I'll make more. And that has been my attitude ever since that argument, in fact. But I wear this watch as a reminder. That's why I don't take this off. And that's why I don't have a Rolex. And that's why when I hang around people who are very rich and have very nice watches, I say, oh, why are you wear just a Versace watch, but you drive a quarter of a million pound car? Because I like this watch. That's why. Yeah, motherfucker. I like this watch. And we did make more money. And that's the reality. You've got to believe. The thing is with money, especially, I talk about money to people all the time. We and you have never, ever been savers. Or penny pinchers. If we had, 10, if we had $10 and we were in the bar, the round was going to cost $9.99. And we'd walk home. 
We have been flat broke. When I say flat broke, I don't mean like we're a little bit poor and we have to go into our savings. I never had savings. Never. Well, not, we've never had not four, four or five years ago. We've no, and but now now we only have savings because we do everything we want, but we earn enough that it just piles up. Yeah, that's the only accidental savings. Saving yeah. on accident. Only we've reason. never been savers. We've never been penny pinchers ever. We used to spunk all our money. We used to scrape together twenty five pound, go in the bar, spend it all trying to get laid, trying to grab some chicks up. Yeah, we've never been savers. And the reality is the reason I've never been a saver is because you cannot save yourself rich. If you're earning 2000 a month and you want to start saving money to get rich, how the fuck's that going to work? You're never, even if you manage to go to work every day for free, you walk to work and you stop eating food and you, and you live outside and you're homeless and you have no rent, no bills, no food, and you save your 2000 a month and you save every single paycheck. You're still not going to be able to afford a Lambo for like 15 years. Yeah. So how the fuck me and you got a Lambo, a Bentley, an Aston, a Range Rover, an X6? You're not. You're going to work your whole life and not even get our cars, let yeah. alone our houses and our lifestyle. So you can't save yourself rich. So what's the fucking point in saving? And the decision to spend money on this watch didn't prevent me from having the Aston Martin. It did. It's not like you were going to have the money anyway. You know, give it. Give it another month and the money would have been gone we would have gone out to clubs and drank it away or done something crazy with it so yeah saving saving is uh the wrong mindset don't worry about saving Wor worry about making yourself more money yeah you have to make more money if you ever want to get rich there's no such thing as saving yourself rich that's that's some bullshit that, that's some garbage right so you're the younger brother if you had if you had a younger brother what would you teach him jesus if i had a younger brother what would i teach him you know, I teach him the same things dad taught us. It, it was that simple. It wasn't like, I mean, I appreciate everything you've always done for me, but you were just really passing the torch down from, down from our dad, who was the man. Basically, every lesson you have in life and every lesson you learn in life from a, from, a, from a real man was from him. And some of them didn't quite reach me. I was a few years younger and you had to pass them down to me. That's fine. It, it would be exactly the same thing. Passing the torch. I'd make him train. I'd make him combat ready. I'd make him learn how to fight. I'd make him the make him know the importance of not letting women get a hold of your brain. I'd make him. I teach him the importance of uh of, of everything. Self restraint, knowledge, reading, all the shit that we do. Playing chess, he'd do all of it. And women when I have a hold of your brain, let's talk about that for a minute. Women get a hold of your brain. What do you think is the number one problem? Why do you think men are becoming such bitches for chicks? Why do you think chicks are starting to rule the world? Why are women taking control of men as a whole? What's happened to men saying to women, you know what, shut up. Where's that going? <laughs> well, a lot of this, actually, you cover this, a lot of it in your PhD course, but it's, it's a simple matter that's, that, that's happened to the world. With the internet and social media and everything coming along, women no longer value the attention of men. I was furious a couple years ago when that ugly bitch walked through New York City and counted all the time she was catcalled. And she said, we need to end street harassment. Look, you can't go up and touch a woman. You can't go up and grab a woman. I agree. That's assault. But there is nothing wrong with seeing an attractive woman and walking up and trying to make an honest approach to have sex with her. That's how that bitch's parents met. That's how that bitch's grandparents met. Her great-great-great-grandfather saw her great-great-great-grandmother and thought, you know what? I like her. Hi. What's your name? He didn't think about starting a family. He thought about fucking. Now, male attention is so 
prevalent. It's everywhere. Girls have Instagram pages. Patreons. They're collecting money. Patreons. For, for doing nothing. They're collecting money for being themselves and talking shit and posting pictures of men or handing their money over. Like, I would do it if I were them. I'm not mad at them. But the world is fucked. You're completely right. And women could get hold of a man's brain because they can an, – an average girl can make herself so in demand but via power of the internet, etc., that when one guy's with her, he's like, well, I'm lucky to have her. She's actually really special. But they don't really believe it. They're just, they're just repeating the words that she's putting in his mind, if you know what I mean. So that can happen to a young man, 18, 19. I've had some girlfriends that I was – perhaps way too interested in, who I look back and think they were just uninteresting bitches. But I was 18, 19. I was getting my dick sucked by an eight for the first time. You know, I thought, wow, she's special. Now that I'm a, a fully aware, established man, Jesus Christ, I'm lucky I didn't fall down the trap of getting those hoes pregnant and marrying her. Sure. My life would suck. So no, I would stop my little brother from doing that. I guess this question can be rephrased as to how will I raise my sons? And, and, that's a, good, yeah, that's a good rephrase of the question. Yeah. Because that will happen. I will not have a younger brother. But I will raise sons. Right. Last question. People want to know how we started our... The, the, those who don't know, we made most of our money with a webcam company. Yeah. So people want to know... I've talked a lot, so it's, more, it's better if I interview you. Tell the entire story of how we started a webcam company. How did it come, how did it come about? And for all the people who are still interested in starting a webcam company, first you need to get the PhD course because you think you know about girls, but you don't. I have 22 girls with my name tattooed on them. You don't have one, so you don't know shit about girls. So first you need to get that. Then you can get the webcam course because me and Tristan are teaching you how to own a webcam company from the ground up. But tell the whole story of how we ended up starting a webcam company and actually officially becoming millionaires instead of just pretending to be in our fucked up Porsche and our apartment. Yeah, well, the, the problem that we always had in life is that we were always good with women. I am tired and it's sick. Hey, no, I don't give a shit what people say, but I hear all the time, oh, girls like you because you have money. Do you know how many girlfriends I've had when I was broke? I slept on a mattress on the floor for a year in, a one, in one bedroom of an apartment that I shared, and that mattress saw more action than most fucking dudes will their whole life. I must have fucked a hundred- I verify this is true. Me and Tristan yeah. and another guy were sharing an apartment we had no living room because we turned a living room into a bedroom. We were all sharing. And Tristan's bed frame broke because he was smashing some chick. And I said, are you going to buy a new bed frame? He said, no, they're too expensive. So he just put his mattress on the floor and carried on smashing chicks. Yeah. It didn't change a thing. In fact, a thing. in fact, back in the, back in the day, uh, if the war room asked her name, I'm going to tell her name to the war room. But a very successful glamour model from the UK who was on uh, one of those babe station channels at the time, she was big on Instagram, and this was this was not eight years ago. She, well, I don't know what she's up to these days, but she was one of the Babe Station chicks. She was well known. She was at parties in London. Got smashed on my mattress on the floor. So I've always been good with women. Fuck money. Women don't chase me for money. I've always been good. Now we had this problem where we've always had so many beautiful women, but women were something you had to spend money on almost, and we knew there was a better system to that. Now, you take a girl out for dinner, you take a girl out for lunch, and you go back to your job to get more money to repeat the cycle. You, in fact, Andrew, you cracked the code. So I was working a job at the time. It was a uh, sales job where I was selling um, some bullshit kind of home improvement. It was something quite unique, but I was making good money because I'm, I'm good at sales. I'm good at various things, and I'm not afraid of hard work. 
I was making about one to one and a half thousand British pounds every week, which is if you guys at home are, you know, look at your banks and actually admit it more than 90% of people make. So I was doing very well, but I was working seven days a week. So I asked Andrew if he wanted a job doing the same thing. And Andrew said, nah, because if I go to work and do that, then that's who we're going to be. I need, I need my time and my space to, to work out how to do different shit. So I was paying the car insurance. I was paying the rent. All the money was coming in for me at that time. Andrew's net income was zero pounds, but he was thinking, which is very important. This is why you got to take your time to think. After your nine to five at six o'clock, you get home. Don't switch on the TV. Think of your way out. And I gave Andrew the space to think. So he realized that he had so many beautiful girlfriends. I think he got one of them a job on a babe station channel. Yeah. And she came home one day blabbering some nonsense that Andrew was half listening to about, yeah, yeah, some of these girls make money on webcam. Now, to me and Andrew, we assumed who pays for webcams? I mean, porn is free. Who pays for webcams? That's got to be a dying industry because me and Andrew aren't fucking cucks and we don't go on webcam and we don't pay women for their time and attention. So we never even considered it as a viable financial option. Andrew sat down. He he, he worked it all out, uh, not just at the at the not just how to put her on webcam, how to maximize the amount of money this one girl was making. And I came home from work one day, and what words did you say? I said, uh, something amazing has happened. Something amazing has happened. And I said, yeah, uh, what? He goes, I've made 350 pounds today. So I was like, I've made 250. What the fuck's going on here? How did you make 350 pounds? And he shows me this number on the screen next to one of his girls' videos broadcasting. Goes, that's money that, that's going to come to my bank account. Now, I'd never seen money on a screen unless it was like an online casino. So I was like, well, so what? You have to like gamble it or it doesn't. And it was like, no, that's real earned money on its way to my bank account. So rather than me going out slaving all day, I had a few chicks of my own. I put one on cam in my apartment. Then we had four girls on cam in two bedrooms, one after the other. I slept in the hall. I was that money hungry. And from there, we upgraded to a four-bedroom, five-bedroom penthouse over in, in Hitchin, Hertfordshire. Then we left the fucking UK because it's shit. And in Romania, you have faster internet, more girls, prettier girls. And we just grew into an empire. We were, we were making $2 million a year, $2.5 million a year from webcam alone. It's that big of an industry, but you have to be man enough to scale it up. And we also worked out the best ways of doing it and the best way of monetizing girls. So, yeah, th that was really the time when we stopped being pretenders because at the time I had a Range Rover that was paid for. I did own it outright, but it had a hundred thousand miles on it. It was a, getting a little bit old and I had no means of upgrading or replacing it from, from that. Uh, what was it, five years ago, yeah. maybe five years ago. That's how we made our first legitimate million us dollars. And we had a million in the bank account and we fucking partied that week. down yeah, to so, <laughs> so people attack us saying girls only like us for money. And they don't understand that. We only have money because we had girls. I mean, I was making money fighting, but by the time you get paid, I mean, I was world champion, but it's kickboxing, it's not boxing. So by the time you get paid 20 grand for a fight, 20% for your manager, 30% tax, all this bullshit, driving to the gym back and forth every day. And it's not it's not fuck all to live on, it's nothing. nothing. So people are like, oh, you only have girls because you have money. We only oh. started making money because we had so many chicks around the house. Yep. And you were right. I said to you, I didn't. I forgot I said that. I was yeah. smart as fuck even then. I was like, no, because if I come and join that, then well, who we are is we're salesmen. We're window salesmen. We got nice cars. We make money, but then we're both window salesmen. Look, you got to pay the bills. I need to sit here and think. 
And for two months, you worked every day. We never argued. You never complained that I didn't pay the bills. And I and you went out to work every morning while I sat on my ass. And I sat it there hurts. and thought, I'm going to think of a way to make us some fucking money. Yeah. And, yeah. And that's what happened. I ended up flying in some chick, putting her on Babe Station, blah, blah, blah. I ended up with this whole webcam company. And you're right. Something amazing has happened. I remember because I came into your room and I said it and you were with your girlfriend at the time. Yeah. After we discussed about the money on the screen, you said to your girlfriend, well, you can do cam. And she goes, I don't want to do it. And what I happened to her? her? You dumped her the next day. The next day you said, well, someone's going to work because I'm going to work every day. Andrew's at home making more money than me. So I want a girl on cam. And if it ain't going to be you, it's going to be someone else. And she got yeah. fresh to you on the phone. I remember you hung up on her and yeah. picked up and called up another girl and said, come over. We're going to make some money. Yep. She was one of my best earners. I, I kept her for about two years. She was good. But the first girl who got fresh, she, I never saw her again. And you were with her for like a year and a half. Every girl who got fresh, you never saw them again. That's the way me and you work. Every girl who gets fresh today, you never see them again. True. Go ahead, go ahead and if you're a ride or die and you're a chick and you really love us, what's the problem with getting, making a bunch of money from home? What's the issue? Oh, so yeah. I'm going to see your titties. You get your titties that basically out on Instagram for free anyway. So that's the question. Problem. That's a question to all you guys at home. You know, If you're interested in making a lot of money, this is how me and Andrew did it. I was actually kind of resenting the fact that he was selling our knowledge, et cetera. But me and Andrew are, are, are scaling down the webcam operation. We're into some, some other things now that are making us a lot of money. So by all means, Andrew, go and sell the information, et cetera. But all you guys at home, ask if you were down and out. Not would your girl go on the street and, and fuck people for money to, to help you. Because honestly, if you've got a good girl, most good girls will say no to that. That's fine. That's understandable. But if your girl won't wave her titties at a computer, when you're not with her, she's touching her pussy in front of a laptop anyway. If that girl won't do it for you to help change both your lives, that's a, that's a good test. Get rid of her straight away because she ain't ever going to help you do shit. It's true. Like, oh, morals. Oh, blah, blah. I mean, a lot of girls are like self-confident. They don't want to do it because they're self-conscious and stuff. But you're right, man. If you're saying to your chick, look, we're together forever. I'm going to change our lives. We're going to become millionaires. All you got to do is sit here in a bra. Like, what the fuck is the problem? Yeah. What the fuck? We've had girls. I mean, since we've been doing this job five years now, how many girls have we had worked for us in total? 75? 100? 400 plus. So many girls, bro. So many. How many of them, go, how many of them worked for us and didn't sleep with one of us? One. Is there one? I thought, who's that one? The girl from Lithuania. She sucked your dick. Yeah. She escaped, I guess. But she, worked, she worked for us for a very short time. True. You know, it, was, it was like a week. It was like a week. But the, the only, all the others slept yeah. with one of us at some point. So and we've been fact, through a shitload of chicks. And in fact, to be honest. The most loyal survive. The most loyal survive. That's how it is. We ain't got time for playing games. The most yeah. loyal survive. And I've got my most loyal girls even still. I've had them years. They've worked for me. They've, they, they've not worked for me. One of them's retired from working for me. She's pursuing other things, and I've kept her. You know why? Because when the chips were down, when I needed money, when I needed to build my empire, she was there fucking rubbing her tits to losers on camera and collecting the fucking money. Absolutely. Keeping so, the shit floating. There's no secrets at all about how we made our money, gentlemen. That's how we did it. We were internet pimps. And now that we're no longer in the industry, we used to have like 30, 40 girls online. Yeah. Now we're much smaller. We got a couple left who just have regular fans. We're moving into other things. We've got some property deals and stuff in Eastern Europe. And that's why we're now teaching you guys how to do it. So anyone who's interested in webcamming or PhD, any of those things, you want to learn how to get girls, I teach you. You need to know that. 
You want to learn how to run a webcam studio. You buy the course. You get direct access to me and Tristan. We'll Skype with you anytime you want, and we'll teach you exactly how to do it. And then maybe one day you'll be in a penthouse with 10 naked chicks and a Lamborghini outside, and you'll think those Tate brothers are pretty fucking smart because we are. Absolutely right. Any more questions, comment them at the bottom of this video. This is going on YouTube, yeah? Yeah. Obviously, subscribe to Andrew's channel. I'm banned. I'm not allowed a YouTube channel. I'm not allowed a Twitter. I'm banned. You can find me on Instagram, though, Talisman Tate. You know, I'm in a lot of his photos and shit. But any questions for episode two, comment at the bottom of this video. I'll make sure my assistant reads through them. And any good ones that aren't fucking stupid, like what happens if you like the same girl and shit, I guess we're going to broadcast. So uh, thanks for your time, Andrew. Interview your own brother, but good thinking. In the description below, you'll see a link to CobraTape.com. This website has a full range of digital courses that can improve your life significantly. Not only do we have information on how to obtain and retain women, how to improve your physical fitness, how to improve your body language, we also have information on how to make more money and live a more fulfilled life. On top of this, we also have The War Room, which is a subscription service that allows you to have access to other like-minded individuals around the world. With over 100 people already in the war room, you have access to a pool of talents which can ensure that you make as much money as possible as quickly as possible. If you have any further questions on any of the courses, there's an individual video next to each one on the sales page. It's time to improve your life.